Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Alana, Kyle, and Tira, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. Welcome here. We have an amazing interview for you guys today. Can't wait to dig into it. But before we do that, I want to read a review that we've got. So uh, the title was Amazing Podcast. He gave us five stars and said, I just absolutely love this podcast. A friend recommended it to me and I've listened to so many episodes already. They hit so, so many topics that no one ever talks about. Christian culture nowadays doesn't talk about the real life of intimacy within marriage and it's just so needed. You guys are real. Thank you for everything you do. On a side note, for those who are giving this a one-star review saying you don't like that these people are working together on a podcast who aren't married to one another, does that really matter? They all have the same views, values, sorry, and desires and goals. And I'm quite sure that each of their spouses has given them the okay to collaborate on a podcast. Anyways, that's all. So thank you so much for that. I love that you're going to bat for us through all those one-star reviews. It's like, um, no. No, Kyle and I are not married. Kyle and Tira are not married. <laughs> so yeah, um, really just appreciate that. And yes, our spouses know and are very, very okay with what's going on. And there's, yeah, so much open communication and so many boundaries. So appreciate that. And a verse we wanted to uh, use to kind of just blanket over the episode is, therefore, if anyone in Christ If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that's from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 18. So let's get into the podcast. Brad and Lisa, thank you guys so much for being here today. Why don't you kind of tell a bit about yourselves and why we have you guys on the podcast and why you guys talk about this and specialize in talking about this just so our audience kind of knows who you guys are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I always start off conversations usually, and then I just hand them over to the hubs and make, make him finish it <laughs> off. You know, I got the first 10 years and he gets the last 10. Uh, so we have been married for, we're, we're just coming up on 22 years, yeah. um, 10 years into, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yes. So I would say that the first 10 years of our marriage, we always classified as having a good marriage, average yeah. marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, we had what we would consider, I guess we would never have even thought of us having really any issues or any no, problematic no. things that we There's needed no to look at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we had the typical three kids, you know, we were checking all the boxes that you're supposed to do as a mm-hmm. Christian, right? Like we're going to church every week. We're, you know, yeah. we, we think we're doing all the right things. And we like to emphasize that we had a good marriage because I think as you hear our story, you know, you'll hear a little bit more, but we think there's a really big misconception that if you deal with any kind of um, breaking of trust in your marriage or infidelity, that you clearly had something horribly wrong in your marriage. Yeah. And from the outside, people are always like, oh, we saw oh, that coming. She must be a horrible person. Or he must have been a horrible yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we like to just take care of that myth right off the bat. And this is usually where I'm just like, okay, Brad, you tell all the rest. And I hand it over to him. That was a quick 10 years. <laughs> just summarize right. 10 years yeah. in two minutes. Boom. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, wow. So 10 years in our marriage, I was traveling a lot for work and just doing a lot of things. And I grew up as a Christian. So, I mean, pastors in my family, like is, you know, 
Like I slept on peace. Like that's how, right. Anytime I was open, I was there. So, and youth groups, youth camps, all the whole bit, right? Yeah. Um, so we always went to church together and we always were, are Christians. <laughs> and uh, so 10 years in the marriage, I'm traveling a lot and I started compromising a lot of my beliefs. Mm. Just, you know, just little things here or there. Again, Lisa said there was nothing wrong with our marriage. Yeah. There was, you know, I think looking back, we could have done better. But there was nothing like there was no thorn that yeah. was there that was like, going to bother us the whole time. So, um, you know, we had that. And as I kept traveling and slowly compromising little things that I knew was wrong, you know, so uh, that I knew, yeah, that I grew up knowing was wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, while, while I was gone, I would stay out, you know, I'd go out with the guys, do whatever, and then stay out for a drink or two. And then that became a little bit longer and, you know, nothing inherently wrong with that, but I was putting myself in positions that ended up yeah. being horrible yeah. For me, right? yeah. and, um, and inhibitions going down and all those things. And so as that continued and being gone from my family, which there's no, I, I emphasize this to everybody. There's no, there can be a why, but there's no why that justifies what I did mm, right? Yeah. or any spouse that does this would do. Um, so as I'm doing this, then I start getting back to hotel, then porn started creeping in. Right. And um, justifying it all through scripture, uh, you know, like ju- totally taking scripture out of context and just like, well, Jesus said, if I, thought of this i've already done it so i might as well just do it Mm. and that kept going and this was uh this wasn't just one particular trip that i was on this was like a continuation right of just multiple trips that i'd go on and then i started seeing myself stay out later and then noticing um you know opposite sex attraction noticing these these things started popping up and it was feeding my you know, guys, they try to be so macho, you know, so tough all the time. Like we all have insecurities mm-hmm. and this was definitely feeding my insecurity of, of always being wanted, mm-hmm. of feeling mm-hmm. enough, of, um, you know, making sure I was, you know, doing enough that people would notice all those things that, you know, kind of like the flesh yeah. wants. Right? right. So this was totally feeding that. And then I ended up, you know, stepping fully out, right. The whole time, now I would classify it as a hundred percent. I was having an affair before I had the actual physical yeah. affair. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, this went on for a few months and I, my timeline's goofy with this. Uh, you know, I remember everything. <laughs> my timeline's goofy with this. And uh, so this went on for a few months and then Lisa ends up finding out in, in a God way for mm. her. Right. You know, God reveals the truth. So she finds out, uh, you know, fast forward, I'm out of the house and, you know, I grew up, this is the worst thing you could ever do in a marriage, right? Period. So marriage is over. I've, I've resolved that in my head. Divorce is on the table, you know, in this skewed way of thinking my kids are going to be fine. She's going to be fine. You know, I have a job, so there's money, all these, all these skewed, you know, lies. They're just lies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so this went on for a few months like this and we got all the way to, uh, through the divorce papers, right? Divvied everything up, 
Like, this is how it's going to be. We're just waiting for the judge and to finalize this. And I'm still living my life, right? Wow. The, the, the life that I just wanted to live. Like there was no, no regret, no, you know, remorse or, you know, there was nothing for me to say like, Oh, well, let me go back to God. Like, yeah. you know, this whole, thing. it was totally opposite. And I was cutting everyone out of my life that would speak life yeah. into me. Uh-huh. That I didn't want to. Right. So I was, my circle was, we were all partying. We were all doing the mm-hmm. same thing, you know, just living this life. And, um, one weekend that I had left town, I was coming back after another, you know, just crazy weekend. I, uh, I had my road to Damascus experience. That's what I call it. So if you haven't read the Bible, mm-hmm. look that, look that story up so you could see it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't looking for God. And that, that's, that's something that's hit me more and more as we've grown into this ministry and done all this stuff. Like I was not looking for God. I was the furthest away I could be from him uh, that I felt I could be from him. Right. And, um, he met me on the side of a road and I had to pull over and it was the loudest inaudible thing. Hmm. You know, there was no like light coming in from the clouds, nothing like that was just this heaviness. And it was so loud and God gave me a choice on the side of that road. And he was just, he goes, here's your fork in the road. You can, you can walk away. Like you can go down that path or you can turn back to me. Um, you know, in that instance, it wasn't turn back to me. Your marriage is saved. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be great. It was simply just, here's your choice. Continue away from me or I'm standing right here. You're not too far. So yeah, I, I broke down on the side of that road, just, you know, bawling and asked God to just, you know, forgive me mm-hmm. and not know anything that's going to happen from this point on. Right. Not knowing how hard the detox process is, not knowing anything else. And, um, I called Lisa and just asked her if there was any way that we could work this out. And it was more for me as I didn't know what direction to go. And so I was like, I know Lisa, Mm. you know, I know what I walked away from. So let me reach out to her and and (laughs) see if we can work this out. And I mean, new, new slash, right? Like clearly (laughs) we're here. This happened in, in, um, 2011. 2011. And, um, it was the reason why God met me on the side of the road. The reason why I was the lost sheep and he came after me. The reason why all this stuff was happening was because there was so many people, including Lisa, like on their knees praying and not, I mean, I know Lisa prayed for our marriage and all those things, but ultimately just praying for my soul. Like, what am I doing? Why am I running away? So it it was a, yeah. I mean, it was a crazy time. Um, but it just, you know, growing up in the church, you always hear in the parables, Jesus talks about, you know, the prodigal son, the two that pop in my head all the time. So prodigal son and the lost sheep. The reason the lost sheep really resonates with me is because that, that lamb is not trying to find his shepherd. He was mm, gone. Yeah. Right. Wow. And that's, you know, that's what hits me so hard with this whole thing, because, you know, if we seek Jesus, he's going to be there. Yeah. But knowing that even if you don't seek him, like there's opportunities and he's going to present himself. And 
make no mistake when he does, it is an event. It's not, you know, this like, well, I think Jesus, like, I think he might be real. Like when he comes down and slaps you across the head, like it's, it's this huge event. And, you know, so it's really resonated with me with the lost sheep. Cause growing up, I'm like, what about the 99? Like <laughs> that one went, he chose to leave. He chose to run away. He chose to go, you know, jump out on his family and do all these things. Why come for him until you're the one. And then like everything starts making sense. And so, yeah, it was, uh, that's a very condensed <laughs> version. Yeah. Well- <laughs> people to know how irredeemable our story was. We want you to know that our story was beyond any kind of perception of human hope. And, you know, down so much so that literally an hour after Brad called and said, maybe we can work things Mm -hmm. out. uh, The lawyer called and said, the papers are ready. Mm -hmm. The judge just needs time. Wow. Wow. And so it's very much where we, (laughs) and I didn't have enough faith at that moment to say, rip up the papers, Mm -hmm. but I did, I did say, hold on. And, and it's because God had taught me a lot of lessons through that time too, of learning to trust in him in a way that I had never, Mm. um, I hate to say had the opportunity Mm. to do, but that's exactly true. I had never actually been in a place where I just had to be desperate enough that Jesus was enough. Wow. It is like something um, beautiful about the way that Jesus meets the broken. Hmm. It's it, uh, an, an experience that um, scripture comes to light yeah. when, when you really are in that place of Jesus needing to be enough. And so we just always like to, to let people know, no matter what hopeless situation that you are in, you know, our biggest advice is to go to Jesus because he is a redeemer and healer of the mm. most broken, irredeemable places. Yeah. Yes. Love that. That was so good. That was a few moments. (laughs) So good. Okay. So we, leading up to this episode, we're like, okay, we want to talk about this and this topic and, but kind of like what our followers, like what the people who follow us, like what kind of questions they have about this topic, whether they've gone through this or know people who have, or, and so we've kind of broken it up into three different types of questions. So the first part being like prevention of mm-hmm. an affair. And then the second kind of section would be like, you know, what to do if someone's in the middle of this. And then finally, how to overcome. Gotcha. Okay. So with the first case, so let's just start off with like, so what is an affair? If someone's listening, like, I don't even really know, like, can you talk about an affair and what kind of the difference between an emotional affair or a physical affair? Is there a difference? What kind of qualifies something as an affair? To me, an affair is any emotional or physical connection that you have outside of your marriage with another person. Mm -hmm. As far as like opposite sex, like you are emotionally investing, physically investing in someone else other than your spouse, right? Because anything that you are not pouring into your your spouse is this deficit you're creating and you're, you're pouring into someone else. Like this is, yeah. you're, you're literally watering someone else's lawn, right? Mm. You know, if you use that, like the grass is always greener on the other side, yeah. like water your own lawn. Um, I think people make a lot of excuses for emotional affairs because it's not yeah. physical, right? except that most affairs start emotionally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's dangerous territory. Um, that emotional connection 
typically leads to a physical connection. And you should be emotionally investing in your spouse. And if you are struggling with emotional connection, get help. You know, you are not going to help your marriage by emotionally investing in someone else. I can guarantee that. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's a guarantee. You talking to somebody else and pouring into someone else and telling them all of your problems is not helping your yeah. marriage. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of how it's really common these days to have like a work wife or a work husband. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and there's so many dangers in that because that's exactly what you're doing is you're using this person as like an emotional filler yeah. essentially for your spouse. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And you spend like you know, with the whole work wife, work husband, you spend a lot of time with that person. It's a dangerous road. And if you are in that, you know, box, you need to figure out how to get out of it because you're spending, I don't care if you're a cop and that's your partner. Like you're, you got to figure something out because it is a dangerous, right? No one is strong enough to put themselves in those situations and not get hurt. Mm -hmm. Like something's going to happen. I mean, I would argue with. Are you leaving a door open for well, you? Well, I would argue, like at a certain point, something is going to be crossed, mm. whether it's physical or emotional. Like it doesn't, but something will be crossed. And a lot of people nowadays, they don't think that's a big deal. Yeah. And, but it is. It's a huge deal. And it could turn into like some monster issues. Yeah. So there's I mean, always somebody listening right now that's like, whatever. Nah, yeah. That's yeah. not. Uh, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish you could see our DMs every day. Mm. I wish you could yeah. see our DMs every day of the people that thought yeah. it would never happen to them. Yeah. Please, please, please be preventative in what in, in the relationships you're yeah. in. Well, and even like wow. with Brad's story about, you know, compromising. You know, it's just that slow mm-hmm. it, it's not like one day with a random person it's gonna happen. Like, no, it it, it happens mm-hmm. slowly and all of a sudden it's there mm-hmm. and you're in the situation. And you trust that person because you spent so much time and like, it's so much easier to cross yeah. that threshold without even really noticing that you're doing it until it's too late. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess once you take enough small steps in the wrong yeah. direction, that one final step doesn't seem like that big yeah. of a leap. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. So you're, why don't you go for it, Tara? Oh, well, I was just <laughs> going to say, go. um, Lisa, you had said, you know, like anything emotional or physical with somebody other than your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, what about porn? You know, you're not actually with mm-hmm. another person per se, but you're on a screen. Oh, no. Are you still That's... making a physical or emotional connection with someone other than you your are. spouse? Yeah. You are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what you're doing, except you're connecting with an artificial version of reality. Yeah. Mm. No, it, that's 100% cheating. And we've I've talked to people where they're like, nope, that's mm. not cheating. And I'm like, you're, you're lying to yourself. You really are. You know, and it, and I've we've seen where there's couples like, oh, well, we'll watch it together. We'll do this. Here. It's like you're that's not what this is. Whole, this whole thing's designed for. Yeah. Right. It gives you a skewed version of sexuality yeah, absolutely and it is it's a hateful version mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is it's a degrading hateful version towards men and women it's both sides it's not just you know and uh, so that's 100 cheating i don't care if it's digital i don't care if it's like semi clothes on semi not whatever it is doesn't matter like it's don't 100% justify cheating. the bikini pics all over Instagram. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, for real, yeah. like how many people are on there justifying and or, I mean, we'll, we get hardcore about this. It's like, we do. what is it that you're watching on TV? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like it is like this reality of knowing that we invite pornography, but we justify it into our lives because we accept that it is unavoidable. Hmm. That is not true. Well, and everyone thinks like pornography is like that, you know, that magazine or that one website right. or that one. No. Magazines anymore, baby. Oh, I don't know. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. All right, hey. I don't know. Just maybe they are. Maybe they are. I don't know. So, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, everyone just like thinks that's it. Yeah. But what about the movie, the mainstream movie that yeah. you're watching, right? Like, what are they doing in there? I don't care if it's you know, quote unquote, tasteful or yeah. whatever they say. It's still pornography at a different level. Then you can think of, but it's still the same thing, yeah. right? What images are in your head? What are yeah. you inviting into your bedroom? What are you thinking? Yeah. yeah. Like when you're seeing that, you know? And so, I mean, we are very ruthless with this. It's, it's a boundary that we have in our lives, not just because I had an issue with it, but because everything I do, one, I want to honor God, period. Like that's my biggest, you know, Galatians 1.10, right? I want to honor God. I'm pleasing God, yeah. period. The second thing is I want to honor my wife. Mm-hmm. And so whether she's next to me or not, and what I'm doing, is it honoring God and is it honoring my wife? And if it's not, I shouldn't be doing yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Like I shouldn't even be creep- putting a toe into it, right? And so pornography, 100%. 100 like. And I'll argue with whoever you get a DM from, like whatever it may be, it's a hundred percent. And it is. Fiction. And so if somebody's listening yes. to this and, and thinking like, okay, well, great, but I can't stop. I mean, I, I would just encourage you. There is so many resources. Oh, There's so man. much help available mm-hmm. out because it is a true addiction and it really, truly does destroy lives and marriages. And so don't, if you are in the middle of that struggle, please know that there is help and you do not have to stay yeah. there. Yeah. Even the secular world is agreeing mm-hmm. with this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So this isn't a Christian thing anymore. Like the secular world's like, no, this is horrible. Like, and it is an addiction yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, affair proofing their marriage. And so I just, is that something that's possible to like, I'm going to affair proof my marriage by doing these three things or, you know, what are you guys' view on that? Like kind of term affair proofing and what does that look like? Is that a thing that is achievable in a marriage? Do you like, if I do these things, it's like a fair proof. I've, I've never been asked this question. Yeah, but we, I think we, it's we great. Definitely, no, I think it's great. Okay. We definitely Love talked it. about it in the aspect of, Another in other terminology. Oh, absolutely. Sure. So give your biggest advice because I know what you're going to say right now. Oh man, she just put me on the spot. Now I'm afraid. He's not saying that. No, the number one thing to fair proof your marriage is there's not priorities. Priorities is not a, a, like. When people say priorities, making it plural, then they they have a skewed definition of what priority means, mm. right? There's There can only be one priority, right? So your priority, period, should be God. Mm. Like that is your walk with Christ, yours, mm. not your spouse's, not you guys together. Yeah. Like there is that piece of you guys together. But to, to truly affair-proof your marriage, to strengthen your marriage, to do all that, like the number one thing you need to do is I need to brat, not with my wife, me. Mm-hmm. I need to have God as my priority, period. Whatever that entails, daily, you know, seeking his word in the Bible, daily devotions, daily prayer, whatever it is, 
but I have to do that. I like to tell guys, you know, when I was detoxing and doing all these things, I hated uh, like Christian radio. I didn't like it. Right. I just, you know, cause it was always just like, Oh, this song again, or, Oh, oh they're doing the pledge drive. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Right. I just hated it. Now that's all that's on my book. Like that is it because I want to satur- saturate my life with Jesus. So every aspect of my life, I want him involved in it. That's number one of mm-hmm. fair proofing your marriage. Is that what I'm I right? That, yeah, that's 100% okay. what I thought you would I didn't know if that was going to be it. So. <laughs> <laughs> <You'll do> it. <laughs> yeah. And I would say, you know, something that we had never really paid attention to, right? Because I think if you have a good, quote yes. unquote, average yeah. marriage, it's really easy to ignore it, um, especially if you're in a season with young kids. Mm-hmm. We definitely then put a lot of things as um, the essential versus our spouse. And we can ignore the person that we're supposed to be intentionally investing in. So the intentional investment, when we look back and we think about what could we have done different, mm-hmm. what could we have changed? What could we have seen? Uh, we definitely were in a, a season and space where we were like, oh, we can't afford to get a babysitter and go out on a date. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have time for that. Like we aren't living around family and yeah. we'll definitely have time for that after right. this season. And we'll justify the fact that we are feel a little disconnected because it's the season that we're in, right? Yeah. We had a young baby at this time and a four-year-old and a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. It was, it was an intense season. Yeah. Looking back, it's like recognizing that this intentional investment, right, this reality that you don't get to place your spouse on the back burner without some consequences. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's going to be an affair, but it most certainly creates that disconnect. It certainly creates um, an opportunity for the enemy to come in and start planting in your brain like, is it really worth it? Like, do I really like this person? Mm. And, you know, like they're not doing what they need to be doing. And pretty soon we enter into that. Like, is marriage fair? Mm. Yes. <laughs> right? like it's not. So. It's not, by the way, it's not fair. Um, but I think it's really easy. And, you know, that slow fade happens mm-hmm. a lot quicker than we like to acknowledge. So I think intentional investment is a huge part of, if you want to use the term affair proofing, mm-hmm. but I mean, we will yeah. always, always, always talk about your relationship with Christ. Your rooted relationship with Christ allows you to look at your marriage as a, a covenant versus a contractual love. Mm-hmm. And so then you begin to abide in the fact that um, whether you hold up your end of the bargain, I hold up mine. Yeah. 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 Right. And so I think that those are all aspects. Yeah. But, I mean, the big thing is we were very intentional in, dating again Hmm. so you know after this maybe we couldn't afford a babysitter but we did it like there was things that you know we found a way to cheap to to cheap date yeah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. right there's no more like you know oh it's our anniversary so this is going to be the special night out right no the special night out could be a random friday you know and it didn't have to be this monster thing where there's you know fancy restaurant or anything like that. Like we were just going to go grab a burger and go see a movie. But it was, it was opportunities for us to start growing together, to making new memories. 
to understanding each other more, right? To learn each other more. Yeah, and having fun. Yeah, and having fun. <laughs> you have to have fun. Because yeah. once that stops, <laughs> it is. It is that. It, it's a slow fade, but it happens super rapid. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, you don't recognize each other, and your roommates. Yeah. And nobody's reaching for each other yeah. anymore, and that's a scary place yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two top for a fair proofing. Yeah. yeah, love that. My opinion. No, that's great. Yeah. Okay, let's let's go pick another one here. Um, my spouse hasn't cheated, but how do I stop fearing that they will? Man, I think I love how Jesus meets us in fear. Yeah. <laughs> like so many times, he starts off with "Do not fear." That's yeah, because <laughs> he knows our natural reaction mm. is. To to stand in a place of fear. And I think even hearing stories like ours can spark fear mm. in people because when we say yeah. we had a good marriage, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden someone's like, oh crap, I think we have a good marriage. What's wrong with our marriage? We got to figure this out. Oh no, are we headed on the road to yeah. you know, like that's how our yeah. work? And I think my biggest encouragement is that, you know, I have this plaque in my bathroom and it says, I do not know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. And I think there's, you know, trust in, in God is where you, you really need to land in these things. It's like, if you live in fear, guess what? Your fear does not stop that. Mm. <laughs> Your fear does not stop something bad from happening. Yeah. So many times we like to abide in the fear place because I don't know, maybe it makes us feel like we're in yeah. control in some capacity, but really it robs us of our present and it certainly robs us of our future. Um, my encouragement would be to um, lean into your faith in who Christ is and to develop that relationship with Christ together as yeah. a couple, because that's like we said, if you want to fair brief your marriage, that's what we're going to, we're going to encourage you to do is to grow your relationship with Jesus. But the reality is, is, is living in fear does not stop anything. Yeah. No, and that, that's like, I mean, I'm sure this question came from one of your all's, you know, yeah. followers, right? So there. The history behind that, right, you know, who yeah. knows what pain that spouse went through and that's why they're feeling this. Um, I mean, w- one, I think a hundred percent should get help, right? I, I'm like a big advocate, like we're not clinical psychologists, counselors or anything, but we tell people all the time to get like, yeah. Hey, yeah. go to counseling, yeah. like really coach, go to a coach, go to a coach or yeah. counseling. I mean, we didn't do that stuff. Mm. And when we were reconciling and it, it, our reconciling road, I yeah, we delayed our healing. We delayed our healing, you know, big time through that. Um, but also I would encourage this spouse or, you know, you shouldn't. I know the pain's there, right? The, the past pain. But really, like, I expect the best from Lisa. Like, I'm, I expect, there's expectations. There's not unrealistic expectations, but there are expectations between Lisa and I. She expects mm-hmm. things from me. I ex- and one of the things, and I know, this is like the, the, you know, the pot calling the kettle black, right? I shouldn't expect my spouse that they're going to walk out on me. Right. And I, I, again, I know as I say that, it's like <laughs> someone's listening. They're like, dude, you literally did that. I, I know that. That's why I'm big on where's your walk with Christ, mm-hmm. right? I had a walk with Christ, but it wasn't rooted and it wasn't mine. It was something that was imparted on me, which needed to be from my family, from all those things, but I never had mine. Mm -hmm. And so when the ground shook, it fell. Yeah. And we we come from the perspective and we always try to come from the perspective. We're for each other. Yeah. You're a team. 
going to have. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like everything that we, we talk about. And if, even if there's disagreements, if you can come from that central truth of like, Hey, we're for each other. Like whatever we're doing, we know that about the other person. It does help alleviate a lot of the fears that I think people want to, to just gravitate yeah. towards is like coming from that place of, Hey, we, you know, we're for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love I have that. Those mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's good. Okay. So jumping into the middle kind of section, if someone's in the midst of this situation, um, mm. how, like, okay. How does someone even begin to like confess this? to mm. their spouse, right? Like, or, oh. right? Like, or if they're, yeah, right? Like, how does that conversation even happen to know when to actually tell your spouse that, okay, this is actually going on? Or, or if you even are suspicious of it going on, do you approach it? And you like, I'm just really curious if there's anything, you know, like, how does that happen? Yeah, definitely an awkward conversation. Right? For sure. I no, would say this, and, and I will tell you this from, you know, working with a, with a lot of different couples um, and even yeah. from our own experience, if you confess versus being caught, you will have a greater, you know, quicker, quicker. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you get caught, which let's be real, inevitably these things come out. Yeah. So if you get caught, what you're doing is delaying the healing process and, it's not an easy conversation Mm-mm. because there's a very real reality that the, that your spouse may decide that they do not want to work on this. Mm. And so it's, and they have the right to do that. So it, it, that, that's <laughs> yeah, it the, that's, weird, that's the, the scary yeah. reality. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If you, um, you confess something, then someone else has the opportunity to decide what they're going to yeah. do yeah. Uh, with, with your actions. And so it's, it is a scary thing, but truth sets us free. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it does. Like, I think we don't realize how much when we are harboring lies and secrets, how much it eats away at ourselves. And it does. And any one of us can know that without it even oh, being yeah. as big as yeah. this. We know that, right? Yeah. Like, there's that thing that just weighs on you yeah. and you're like, oh, how should I not? Like, yeah. And I would think if you suspect it, um, yeah, you do say something. Have the conversation. You, I would say don't, like, you know, you're not going to come at them hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't just come what, are you cheating on me? Like, what's going on? You know, <laughs> I would say, yeah. like, there's got to be a way to really, you know, bring it up. I mean, even though it is a sensitive subject, like, if you, ex- if you suspect that, you're going to drive yourself crazy if you mm-hmm. don't say something. Yeah. The other thing. If you suspect it, what is your spouse doing that's making you suspect it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, you know, like even dealing with guys and then in my own struggles with all the stuff I went through, I was a lot more angry at, you know, certain times and certain things. And I was more snappy and things like that. So if you're, if you do have a spouse and all of a sudden they're like a little or bit more hiding angry phone, or hiding or their phones, not, right? not willing to be open about, yeah. you know, conversations mm-hmm. and where you're going and what you're doing, like secrets, harbor, <laughs> they harbor hurts. If yeah. you will, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, you are literally opening a door for something. And so, yeah, we believe you shouldn't be having secrets with your, with your spouse. No. Like this is, yeah. He can look at my phone yeah. anytime. Mm-hmm. I can look at his phone anytime. Like we're going to create guardrails that protect us 
And that is preventative maintenance, right? You establish beforehand guardrails that are going to protect what you value. Yeah. And I would kind of assume that if you are suspecting and you're wanting to bring it up with your spouse, like not being accusatory, you know, and being like, well, you're not doing this and you're not doing this. So this is the conclusion I made, you know, instead, focus. (laughs) okay, well, what are you feeling? What are your insecurities? And just bring that up and give them the opportunity to share. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm really worried because I've kind of seen this. And can you let me know? Is there something that's, you know, we need to talk yeah. about? Mm-hmm. And this is how this is making me feel like. And your timing matters here, guys. If yes. you have the uh, at 10 p.m. at night, yes. I'm going to tell you right now. It's not yes. going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> so please, please, and don't do this on a date either. Nope. Make you make an intentional time for you yeah. guys to have a, a genuine conversation that actually gets you resolution. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So say you've, uh, it's been exposed. Um, you're starting to work together again. How do you manage judgment from your friends or your family who are like, man, you don't deserve this. Why are you still with them? Like that road. I'm sure you probably had some of that in your own. I think that's more on your side. Me, I was like blocking everyone out. So I'm like, <laughs> I know what I did. <laughs> There is a level of truth to what he's saying. Um, you're not married to them. And if God tells you to stand and to be yeah. where you're at, then that's what you do. Yeah. And there is this attitude of how you present this to, to other people does matter. I mean, there was a, I definitely realized really quickly I was living in the middle of a miracle. And as painful as the middle of a miracle is, it's still a miracle. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people will come at you if you tell them yeah, that. Yeah. What are they going to say? Like, I'm in the middle of a miracle. Well, I don't mm. miracle. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's like your, your perspective will shift other people's perspective. Yeah, and that. you need to know that you have an opportunity to show God's redemptive power as very few people do. Amen. Most people think this will destroy marriages and you're seeing, seeing marriages fail for nothing now. Yeah. yeah. People, just, people just literally are like, eh, I want to love myself. Yeah. I, we yeah. literally saw somebody the other day that married themselves. Like I'm not yeah. even joking about this. Yeah. So, so it's like this reality of like, it's, it's completely countercultural, yeah. but this reality of you are showing Christ's love in a way that a lot of people don't. Cause you know what? Christ loved us despite yeah. us. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're all not worthy of that. So your, your perception, your perspective, you do have an opportunity here, even in the middle of your pain. And God never said that had to be perfect for you to be a message to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that would be my thing. It's <laughs> a really good yeah. one. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, Tara, should we just go to the last one? I'm thinking, Hey, yeah, sure. Or do you, yeah. is there one of these, is there anything else you guys would want to add for like what to do in the midst? Like, yeah, I mean, I would say like, we do get into pretty detailed steps on a fair recovery and yeah. about episodes 80 through 89 of our okay. podcast. Okay. If somebody is, they really want like details, mm-hmm. right. Of like steps that people um, walk through in particular when facing this. Um, so for sure, if someone is actually in the middle of this, we just encourage you. It's just a free resource. Go and listen to it. Perfect. Um, you know, healthy boundaries to maintain post-affair. Um, yeah, yeah, that was huge. Th- those, those are huge, right? Because just as there's preventative maintenance beforehand, there's right. preventative maintenance 
<laughs> even after as well. Well, and in the middle of it, we set boundaries. Um, you know, I still, I still had to travel for work. I still, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm on a, a, I don't want to get into that cause it's just, it's not really my identity identity, but I'm on a, a specialty unit that we do travel across the globe. And so that was still there. I was willing to step down. Um, and I think that was yeah, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was willing to step down from that and do something else, but we decided not to, but we had to set these boundaries and they had to be hard boundaries. So, you know, at, at I, w- I would go out to eat, but then I'm going straight back to the hotel. And I'm not a big FaceTime guy. I'm better now, but I don't like to FaceTime. I just, it just feels weird to me. But now like, hey, I am FaceTiming. I'm like, hey, yeah. look where I'm at, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of guys, and I say guys, this goes on both sides, but Absolutely. it's, you know, but a lot of the spouses, they'll be like, well, now my freedom's mm-hmm. gone, you know, all mm-hmm. these things. And it's like, it's not, it's not. There's so much more freedom in this. I want my wife to know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not like checking in so I can get like a thumbs up and all right, everything's good mm-hmm. because she knows I checked in last time too, mm-hmm. you know? So right. you know, it's just a different, a different thing. I don't take my wedding ring off anymore. Um, I, uh, gosh, there's so many boundaries we set up. Yeah. And we, mean, we often talk to about them as guardrails because mm-hmm. we do like to think of the analogy of like being on the highway, right? You need to have this yeah. guardrail before you plug off the edge and it needs to be far enough in that you have that recognition Mm. (laughs) early on. Um, we, we do. And we talked about a few of those as far as, okay, we're not going to watch shows with nudity, Mm -hmm. Uh, plug for bit angel. We download that (laughs) app so so that we can watch some of these things that we uh, really want to see. And, you know, we get on and research a movie before we go into the theater. So we're not surprised when we go into a movie theater. Um, there's, there, (laughs) There is no reason why you should be in a movie theater and go, oh my gosh, yep. <laughs> I had no idea. Because I'm telling you right now, you can literally go and find out everything. Um, and then there's just this reality of like Brad, Brad was very willing to do what it took during that time as far as the transparency piece. And that is really key. Yeah. Um, I always caution women because or the spouse in general that you can go into PI mode at this point, right? You become this private investigator. Who's like, I'm going to go as, you know, it, it it literally can be an all consuming thing. Um, I always caution them that you do have to heal from everything, you know, and it's good for you to know that because I think there's a very real reality that we think we need every detail. Yeah. I mean, every single thing. As far as like transparency, I told Lisa, you know, she would ask me a question. I would answer it. Like yes. I told her all those things, but there was no reason to get into like details. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't that I was hiding anything. We recognized that thankfully earlier on. Yeah. And, and I think there were, there were definite aspects that taught us that lesson. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. when in your head, especially if you're a woman, right. We, it's like oh, lock yeah. and key in there. Right. <laughs> Okay. I remember all this. Like, and especially, I mean, you guys are dealing with kingdom sexuality. Imagine what this can do to the bedroom. Like that gets in your head, right? (laughs) Now I'm competing with people like in my head (laughs) and it's like not a good place to be. Mm -hmm. So you do have to, to heal from what you know, what you see, what you read, you have to heal from that. So be careful. Yeah. But he was willing to be transparent about anything and that matters. 
phones were open, passwords were given, location was shared. Like those things at that time, no phone in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. right? Like it sounds like it's (laughs) like you do lose freedom, but I, I always love in the fact that, that we recognize that the, what Christ asks us to do, like the guardrails that he places out, it's like, it is for our freedom, Mm -hmm. right? It is that we can operate at the best capacity in our life here on earth. I mean, yeah, if, you're, if your walk with Christ is a list of do's and don'ts, don't do these things that get to go to heaven, then reevaluate what you're doing because that's not what the Bible yeah. is. Yeah, that's religion. That's not, not what, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not what it is. It's like these are the things I get to do, and I don't want to do all those things anymore. Yes. You know, uh, when I was running around doing all my stuff and during even the detox, at some point it got to where I was like, I don't. It, it repulses me hmm. and I don't, and it almost, you know, I, I understand it, but at the same time, I don't understand it. Like now when I hear a guy like did something, I'm like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? Even though I was yeah. in that boat, but I'm like, are you serious? I get, I get that, that response inside of me because I did, I, I was hundred percent like a, a religion more yeah. like, you know, yeah do this, do this. And that's why when it was like, Oh, this is divorce. This is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Like, this is one of the things don't do it. Yeah. And it says you can get divorced yeah, for this. So, so there, that's what, that's all you have. It's an yeah. option. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, another thought was like, so say you have a friend or a loved one who's navigating this, um, like they were, maybe they were cheated on or, you know, how do you navigate that and support them? Um, or if they were the one who cheated either, like, how as a friend do you come alongside or what is a like did you guys have people come alongside or what was their role in that yeah we did and i mean my greatest piece of advice for someone walking alongside in relationship with someone who's experiencing this or has experienced it is to love them and keep your mouth shut hmm. <laughs> I, I i know that yeah. it's because everybody has an opinion yeah here. they do and most of it's negative yep and so most of the advice that you're going to get, um, especially if you're the betrayed spouse, is you deserve better. Um, I would never be able to stay with a person if they did that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else have I heard? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's your job in that moment is not to make a decision for them about what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. with their marriage. You're supposed to listen. You're supposed to love them. I had people that showed up at my house and brought me muffins in the morning who mowed my lawn, who came and prayed for me, who at one point literally came and cleaned my house and posted scripture verses around my house. That's love right there. So if you see someone broken, meet them in their brokenness. Don't try to fix it. Love that. It's it's Jesus' job to fix that brokenness. So I would just encourage somebody like you do not know. So don't, don't act like you do. Yeah. We don't have to know everything. Yeah. Um, there are aspects, so many things I just do not know. I can listen. I can lean in. I can love you. I do not have to pretend like I understand. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. Yeah. I feel like that goes for so many things. Right. Not even just a know. Like- <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, I want to be the person who's bringing muffins and <laughs> posing post notes on someone's house. Like. You have no idea, even the the little levels of encouragement, right? Of sending or saying, "I'm I'm praying for you." Like those were moments for me that Jesus showed up. Mm-hmm. You know, 
reminded me of who he was. I, I always encourage people, man, if you get a prompting to do something yeah. for someone, please do not yeah. ignore it. Yeah. It's a precious gift, especially when people are going through trauma of some kind. Yeah. Um, you know, any kind of trauma that it's, it's the showing up that actually ends up having the biggest impact. Oh, so good. Okay. Guys, for you, um, how can we like connect other people to you, send them your way, um, your social media, things like that? How can people find you? Yeah. That's, uh, that's Brad's always, always like that. Yeah, I'll mess something up. I'll always mess something up. So I love you. <laughs> uh, we're most active on Instagram, yeah. which is unrelenting pursuit um, underscore. You can contact us on our website, which is unrelentingpursuit.org. Uh, we have our podcast. You can just search unrelenting pursuit, common theme here. <laughs> um, you, can, you can also email us just at info at unrelentingpursuit.org. Um, we're pretty accessible. We try to stay accessible. Um, we, we definitely know what it feels like just to have somebody, um, give you some hope yeah. in the middle of the worst situation. And you guys do yeah. marriage coaching and stuff too. Like, yeah, yep, yep, yep. we yeah. do. And, and yeah, we do like these two, two we're working on courses, guys. We're working on it. Yeah. We're getting there. Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's been intense, but yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, but yeah, definitely coaching. Um, the two day intensives, that's, that's, uh, two days of individual yeah. um, marriage work and it's just couple to couple. So it's not like a group setting or anything like that. Um, those are, those get pretty intense. <laughs> They're great. They're, They're awesome. Great. Yeah. yeah. Huge, huge focus on moving forward mm-hmm. for sure. Love that. Okay. So to close every episode, we end in prayer. Is that something you guys could end us off with and pray for our listeners? Absolutely. Yeah, you start absolutely. off and then I'll pray. Okay. <clears throat> Lord, um, we just thank you for this time that we had, Lord. And um, I just ask you to lift up all the people that are listening right now, whether they're broken or not, or going through this, whatever their situation is, Lord, that you're there in the small things, you're there in the big things, and that you just give them hope and give them vision and know, give them the knowledge that you're right there holding them and they can never be too far from you. Um, you're always there and just, just strengthen these marriages, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are a redeemer of the most broken places. Um, we just, we thank you that you see us in every aspect of our life. And so right now, whoever's listening to this, I just pray that you will infuse them with a hope that comes only from you, that you help them to lean into you and that as they grow towards you, that you will help them to grow closer together as a couple. And we just thank you that you go before us in every aspect of our life in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks guys. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. This was awesome. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like our content, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and tell your friends too. Thanks so much for journeying with us today as we tackled the hard questions and dive deep into godly intimacy. Make sure you follow us on Instagram to see more of our content and check the show notes for any links we might've mentioned in today's episode. We're so grateful to be on this journey with you and we can't wait to see you in the next episode.